Yo, so this episode is slightly different to the others in the sense that I am being interviewed by one of my colleagues, a fellow psychologist, and we explore my emotions and thought processes around my first boxing fight, which is upcoming. And we pick apart some really interesting observations and take some, I think, quite deep looks at the emotions and motivations behind some of the thoughts and feelings I've been having. You know, we look at things like shame and spite and aggression and talk about the role of the opponent, visualization, um, the function of intense exercise, how sometimes in life we need other people to grow. Uh, we talk about pride and it was a fantastic conversation. Um, there is one point in the middle of the uh, episode where there is a car alarm for about five or six seconds. So that's what you get. You know, the sizzle is unedited. We don't, we like to give it to you as it happens, but I just wanted to flag the fact that yeah, it is annoying and it and it stops really quickly. So just bear with it. And um, before we get stuck in, I just want to remind you that if you have friends or people in your network that you think would find this as interesting, I'd really appreciate it if you shared it around. You know, sharing is caring. And just also to acknowledge that you can get the sizzle on any of the podcast platforms. You know, you just search it and it will be there for you. So subscribe on whatever you use. And if you use Apple podcasts, um, there's a, there can be a little bit of a lack of synchronicity. Um, so Apple gets it a little bit after most of the others, but. I'll always notify you when it's up. And if you are using Apple Podcasts, leave a review, uh, let them know what you're thinking and feeling, and it will help the sizzle to grow. All right, let's get into the episode. Okay, so today we're going to do something slightly different. I'm going to be on the receiving end of lots of questions. Uh, so let me just frame this one up for you. I've got my first ever boxing fight happening on the 30th of November and I've been thinking and feeling lots of different things about that and I thought it'd be interesting for me and hopefully for you to explore those that kind of complex massive of thoughts and feelings and I was like well what better what better way to do that than with a psychologist who I work with so I'm joined by Pip hello and we're in a little room at work and we're taking a little sliver of time to kind of open this up a little bit. So, yeah, I suppose from my point of view, I'm talking to people that I care about and love about the fight. And I'm just noticing that I'm kind of flip-flopping loads on how I feel about it and also having kind of contradictory feelings. That's where I'm at. So I think it's really interesting, first of all, that we're here to talk about emotional conflict surrounding a, a physical conflict. So maybe it would be useful if we started with 
what those two, the two opposite ends of the spectrum are for you. Mm-hmm. What, what are you flip-flopping between? Well, I think that there's part of me that really connects with the idea of um, a physical conflict being a really uh, useful process in terms of learning about myself and also learning about someone else, uh, you know, the, the partner in the conflict. And, and I think that that's, that's a narrative that I've built up through talking to lots of different fighters and through training for a long time, or what feels like a long time. And the other end of that is that I'm just not sure how I feel about following through on aggression. So the other end of that physical conflict spectrum is the idea that up until now in my training, when when I'm sparring, if I feel like I've hurt someone, I will ease off. Equally, if I've been hurt a little bit, someone will ease off. So there's that kind of what I think quite wonderful uh, finding of like the uncomfortable edge, you know, and that's not going to be the case in the fight. So th- those are the kind of the extremes in terms of the, the physical conflict. Um, so that boundary is going to be taken away. Mm. Kind of safety net of, of easing off. And then you're left in a position where you just have to either trust your own fighting skill or trust that your opponent is not going to destroy you completely. And so I think that there's, there's a physical element but I also think that there's there's an emotional element to what I've just described, which is that I'm not sure that I'm what well, I don't have to feel about the idea of noticing that somebody is hurt or that I, I have an advantage and then pressing it. So what what kind of really resonated with me uh, when I was talking to my partner was she was like, but oh, you're both going to be trying to win, right? And that kind of stuck in my head a little bit. And I was like, huh, yeah, we're going to be trying to win. And therefore, you know, I'll be needing to press advantages that I see. And, and, that, and that's something that I feel like relatively uncomfortable with, I suppose. Is that something you're uncomfortable with also in an emotional conflict? If you were to be in an argument with somebody and you saw that you had found a weak spot, you had the upper hand... Would you press it or would you leave it? Oh, that's a brilliant question. Um, well, I think that when I argue, <laughs> when there's emotional conflict, actually, I, I spend a lot of my energy trying to think about how the other person's receiving me and okay. trying to make sure that it's kind of like a fair and, and sensitive interaction, you know, like very rarely, I can't this is not to blow my own trumpet, but I can't remember the last time I said something spiteful like right. that, you know, like in an argument, like, oh, yeah, well, you, you would say that because you are this, this, this. You know, I, I, that's not really how I um, argue. So, yeah, I suppose I'm uncomfortable with that on an emotional level as well. And you would only get to that point if you actually kind of lost control. Mm. You were just acting yeah. out of anger and I. You know, I don't know boxing in the way that you know it, but I imagine that in the in the boxing ring, it's you're trying to stay in control, and that aggression that you're using is very focused. It's not a wild 
um, lashing out of anger. Yeah, so control, I think control is an important word there. Um, and I think you're right. I, I know that the fighters would kind of agree with what you're talking about in terms of controlled aggression. That's like a trope within boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose for me up until now, that has been controlled aggression in the sense of when I notice that I am getting, like, in comes too aggressive, putting back, right. or or not not ever getting there. So it will be a different it will be a different relationship with that. Yeah. And are you at all worried that that's going to hinder you in this fight that you will almost self sabotage and win? Well, I, well, I think there are lots of worries, um, uh, but yeah, I mean that that's potentially one of them, I suppose. You know, I'm also worried about the opposite, which is that, you know, I'll, I'll tap into this like primal pool of aggression that actually I kind of didn't want to get into. Right. You know, I, as in, I don't know if I'll find that a pleasant experience. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's kind of why, that's one of the things that I meant when I talked earlier about it being like a valuable learning experience. Yeah. Like, I've heard people talk about psychedelic trips that went wrong as some of the most important learning in terms of themselves Mm -hmm. and I suppose one of the ways that I'm engaged with the idea of the fight is like well even if it goes terribly wrong and I hinder myself or I tap into this like pool of you know aggression uh, that afterwards I'll be able to find some quite useful stuff there right but it also seems like there's some fear in there about what you what you stand to maybe learn. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, not what I stand to learn. I'm comfortable with that. I suppose. Well, no, actually, yeah, I, I think I was going to say what I stand to experience in terms of. Okay. You know, I, I don't know. You know, to some degree, like intellectually, I feel that everyone does have like a primal pool of aggression that, you know, might be quite useful and adaptive in certain situations. But emotionally, I don't think I really connect with that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You were talking about how through your training and your sparring, you've learned about, a lot about yourself, but you also learn about your opponent and there's a sort of delicate dance between the two of you. Do you see, your, do you see the role of, of this opponent as being quite different from the role of your opponents in... Training. I, I'm not sure. Um, I suppose part of that lack of clarity is because I haven't fought before, so I'm not sure how it will feel. Um, and, I, and I also think that to some degree that depends on the opponent. You know, the, the faceless opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know that there have been sparring partners that I felt have you know been too aggressive or too heavy-handed and and that normally evens itself out over time and you get to know each other um, which I think is quite nice actually um, I'm not sure yeah I suppose I'm not sure how that will play out in a, in a fight I, could, I, you know, I could see it going either way really um, where you know you, you end up with this like lovely bond at the end like oh we kind of took each other into a place that you don't normally go to like you know, 
when when are you allowed to kind of to to connect with like a, a you know a violent side of of yourself mm-hmm. um i can also imagine it being like wow you know i feel like shame at the aggression that i exhibited or shame at the lack of aggression i exhibited you know like i can i can see you know quite different different uh, endpoints do you have any worries about you genuinely getting hurt or genuinely hurting somebody or is this much more about your emotional relationship to the aggression that you show or receive I don't know you know I know that I suppose there's a fear of maybe not doing myself justice Mm -hmm. like I would quite like to exhibit my style of boxing you know um, actually worrying about getting hurt like maybe somewhere there's a, a fear of kind of getting hurt but I don't know I don't know about that I kind of feel like to, to for the most part the human body is more resilient than we think it is um, and so I suppose you know while there is a chance that there'll be kind of you know a terrible injury I think that that's quite that's quite a, a small a small chance. Um, and so I suppose that goes for her someone else as well, as well. I kind of think that for the most part, it will be superficial with anything, you know, based upon the law of averages. Mm-hmm. And is this fight going to be public? Yeah. So, okay. mm-hmm. so it's, I mean, going to be watched as you go through this yeah. whole yeah. process. Um, I'm really interested a bit more in this, like, your relationship to this completely faceless opponent. Um, and when you when you imagine this fight, do you do you imagine being behind, being ahead, winning, losing, or or do you see just the this being completely engrossed and engaged in the fight? Hmm. Well, I think. What's interesting, actually, is that I have, and, you know, they shall remain nameless, but, like, I have kind of imagined certain sparring partners that I have as my opponent just because they, you know, they either exhibit a skill set which I want to be mindful of or I think they're roughly about the same size as me. So, like, you know, could be them, like, potentially. Um, so, like, that that's one thing. In terms of, like, in terms of, how I imagine it going, I kind of, you know, I, I have imagined kind of being under pressure and, you know, feeling very much in fight or flight and like not really thinking about um, how I'm boxing. I also imagined being really tired and, and being like, I can't, you know, I can't produce the punches I want to or evade in the way that I want. I've also imagined exhibiting you know, the, the type of boxing that I like and feeling really in flow. Um, and I think that all of those are kind of natural, but I'm also trying to think about over the next couple of weeks doing some visualisation. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not sure how much of what I've been imagining so far is kind of me conjuring that up versus it kind of popping into my head un, unbidden. Mm-hmm. And you spoke there about not being able to to box as you like, not being able to evade as you like. Mm. Um, does this opponent feature in those visualizations, apart from the faceless kind of hand that you can't evade or the 
beyond a pair of boxing gloves is he there? Uh, so, so sometimes in, in the first kind of scenario that I talked about when um, I, you know, kind of like under pressure fight or flight, like in that imagining there are punches coming at me, but, you know, there's no face in the head guard, if that makes sense. Um, in the other ones, in the other ones, I suppose, you know, when I'm in flow and I'm, and I'm boxing nicely, I imagine myself punching something and it's it's a, it's a human shape, but there's no like face or personality to it. So to that to that extent, I guess it's faceless, yeah. So I guess what I'm kind of wondering is if I'm wondering a bit about your motivation to take your boxing to this point because you've been boxing for for years, mm. and, and now you've decided to take it to this match point to that place for the first time. Um, and I'm wondering if that, when you made that decision, maybe it was more about personal challenge and personal growth, and then some of this conflict has entered in as as this faceless opponent becomes more of a of a, a reality as another human. Mm. Oh, we have a car on, but that that's kind of just how we do because it's it's live. <laughs> it's live, but it's not live. Um, yeah. This car alarm is my emotions about the fight sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think like I so I've probably felt technically able to fight for a couple of years. And I've gone backwards and forwards on whether I want to or not. Uh, kind of uh, motivated by a few things. So the first thing is that I train and know professional fighters and when I chat to them I don't want it inverted commas as much as them so I suppose part of my reluctance was around just acknowledging that if I was to be in a ring with them there would be no contest because when it comes down to it I don't really want to win as much as them because I have like a whole other area of my life that I care about and um engage with professionally so there's that um i also think that the kind of um the aggression element has been something that i've been like i don't actually know if i want to engage with that and and then on the flip side there's there's actually an element which i quite like around um putting yourself in that situation and and what might come out of it and the uncertainty and so it's popped into my head loads. Yeah. Um, and so, like, last Christmas, I was like, I'm definitely going to do it. And then I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not sure. So, and there have been opportunities. So, this time, I was asked, and I was like, yeah. yeah. And it just happened. It just kind of came out. And it was like, yeah. And I think part of it was around the fact that there's something there, you know, within me that's either uncertain or... Uh, excited or scared and I'm not sure but I kind of feel like it's significant so I kind of feel like I will learn about that in the process yeah yeah so the opportunity arose quite naturally and then actually it's allowed all of this conflict and the ideas that you have around boxing to to really surface Mm. and I guess going through that process is the only way to reach any kind of understanding of how you do feel about 
Yeah. And actually, I have, you know, I have mixed feelings about it as a discipline anyway. You know, when I talk about it with people who don't really know about boxing or martial arts, there is, um, you know, an appreciation that trying to cause someone harm or, you know, facilitate a concussion is, is uncomfortable. But then there's also on the flip side of that, um, you know, a wonderful feeling that comes with immersing yourself in this like really intense uh, physical endeavor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also the fact that, you know, it's, it's more complicated than just trying to hit someone and hurt them. Mm-hmm. And, that you know, there is a really kind of intimate nature to, to sparring and training that I, that I find quite interesting and, and you know I, I've seen it be really important for people so you know I just acknowledge that in my chats about boxing with other people that don't know it well I kind of can can see both sides and I think that I believe both sides differently you know at different points mm-hmm. so yeah there, there's that kind of like yeah there's that, there's that lack of clarity there mm-hmm. Um, but on a day-to-day level, it's quite easy to just uh, practice mm-hmm. and enjoy. Um, and so now I think that the fight has kind of provided like a catalyst, uh, hopefully through which I can, you know, get some more clarity on that. Yeah. So you also place yourself in two quite different arenas because you were saying if you went up against these people who, who want it so much, mm. you wouldn't win because it's not necessarily where you gain a lot of your or all of your purpose and, and uh, sense of success and things from because you are also a practicing psychologist um, and I'm not 100% sure what my question is here but it's something to do with do you do you see those arenas merging do you or, do you, or are they quite separate in your life until this point of this fight where emotional conflict and physical conflict have, have come to slam into each other? Well, I mean, I'll avoid making jokes about hitting children um, because... If you wouldn't mind, yeah. Yeah, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a clear line between the two, the two arenas in terms of that. But um, I think, like, what I did notice and, and quite appreciate in my thesis, which also focused on boxing, was how the physical and the psychological and the social uh, really do uh, influence each other and and mix. And so I do think that there isn't, there might not be as much difference between the two domains as, as, you know, one might think on at first, at first thinking. Um, I mean, I guess I definitely would be with you on that on like the training side of things and the role of intense exercise and mm. getting stronger and working yourself as physically hard as you would in, a, in an employment arena, especially a job like this. Um, and you know, getting stronger in one helps you to get stronger in the other. Mm. And I could see that, but I guess personally, I reached then a similar conflict to you at the point where that intense exercise becomes fight but then I can also see well I don't have first hand experience of it, this really interesting role of that involvement in social interaction mm-hmm. when I go to intense exercise things it's 
it's me against me or it's me against the machine. It's, it doesn't involve a true social element. Mm. Mm. And so I suppose, you know, like we could, we could psychologize about, you know, the function that that exercise is playing. And I suppose that's what we do. Um, in every episode, I always bring out the psychological lens. Um, but yeah, this one, this one is, is fully through that. I suppose like we could do that, but I think my point is that, you know, it's quite possible that the intense exercise is representing a struggle. Mm-hmm. And so, so is, so is the boxing fight representing a struggle. So I suppose I wonder if actually it, it would be fulfilling the same function. But I also think that um, in both, in both of these arenas, for me personally, there's an element of like wanting to grow and wanting to practice authentically. And part of that authenticity is, is about acknowledging when there's like a block or um, a worry. And so I just feel like with this, there's something I haven't experienced. I don't know how I'm going to react. That is anxiety provoking, of course, but equally that doesn't mean I shouldn't do it. I think that's a really, really interesting point that you want to grow in in both arenas and actually this has become your edge. And so if you don't, if you don't go to this edge, then growth is impossible. Mm. That's simply, perhaps that's why it's taken this long to, to arise. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I guess that it's also kind of coming full circle now. It's also interesting that for you to meet that edge, and for you to grow, somebody has to enter into that with you. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what that person's take on. So sometimes I describe boxing as um, like a dance, but with an uncorrupted partner. Um, and yeah, you're quite right that what makes all of this even more complicated is that, you know, in the fight, I will be fighting myself, but I'll also be fighting someone else. Um, so that, that's interesting. But I think, I mean, to some degree, and I say this quite flippantly, but like, isn't that, isn't that all of life? Yeah. Like, you know, it gets interesting when other people get involved. Yeah. You know, like, let's think about uh, attachment. It gets interesting when you're starting to think about relationships and your own children and the deaths of others. Like, you know, that, that's where it's uh, meaningful. So equally, I'd say with this, you know, what I'm hoping is the learning or the kind of fulfillment will come with that, that second person, Um, you know, deep, deep question for the world, like how much can you ever do on your own? Absolutely. Two, two thoughts popping into my head. One is about that relationship you just made between this, between, with life. Mm. You know, yeah. hand-to-hand combat exists in every culture uh, throughout history. There is something very uh, basic and ingrained about it. But then we also we fight those aspects of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, questions just popped into my head that when I had a conversation about this conversation with a number of our colleagues earlier, um, and he said to me, I'd love you to ask him whether or not 
if you had children, which I know you don't at the moment, but your hypothetical future children, would you want them to see you take on this this fight in the pursuit of your own personal growth? How does that idea sit with you? We've gone majorly off piece, but it no, just, I love popped, it. just popped into my head, just came Okay, up. so I really want to talk about that second one. Um, and if we remember, we come to the first one. So, like, okay, there's a documentary... <laughs> about a woman who is an MMA fighter and there's this really intense scene where she's kind of had the most important fight of her career so far. She's lost it quite dramatically and she's really bruised up on her face and her young daughter comes into the changing room and there's this moment where it's her being, it's the fighter being comforted by her team then the daughter comes in and suddenly the fighter, like even in this like moment of like rock bottom weakness, vulnerability is having to comfort her daughter. And it's, it's heart wrenching. So like, and why is it heart wrenching? It's heart wrenching because it's, you know, how can you explain to that child what's happened, you know, like to something you can't. And I talked about this with my partner, uh, you know, she brought it up and I was like, well, I, I think quite flippantly I said to her, well, isn't there a great lesson there that, you know, your mum can look at that and it'd be fine two weeks later. Resilience. Yeah. <laughs> <So>, <laughs> I mean, and you know, that, that was, I think there's a point there, but equally, psychologically, that must have been really hard and, and you know, potentially traumatising. Like, we'd have to talk to the daughter in 10 years' time. I don't know. Um, so coming back to the, the Colleague question, would I want my unborn children to see this? I don't know. And, and you know, some things in life are PG. No. Uh, so I, I think, like, there are lots of important things that I might want to do that I wouldn't want my children to see. So, yeah. you know, there, there's that. Um, what I thought you were going to ask is, would you want your children to box? Right. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I think... Yeah, fine, whatever. Um, but but that brings up another question that I uh, finally talked about just at lunch with uh, uh, another colleague <laughs> um, about my partner because she was like, "Well, how she's how she going to do watching?" And I was like, "I don't think she's going to like it at all." And she has said very strongly, "Like, I want to be there." <laughs> My interpretation is she's saying that to support me, but I think what I'll have to do closer to the time is basically be like, you need to think about that seriously because I don't know if that's going to bring you anything apart from a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Even if, you know, the best case scenario happens, which is like, you know, I step into the ring and like, I'm deft and elegant and it's, it's all fantastic. Yeah. But I still think that it will be really kind of horrible for her. However, you know, I suppose maybe the same point stands around then there'll be interesting, important things to talk through in terms of our relationship, you know, and like how we relate to each other. Yeah. I'm not sure. So I think it's, it's interesting that you went to your partner because I guess I kind of, with the children question, wouldn't, wouldn't really be asking about very small children, but they're sort of teenage to grown up 
children mm. slash your part, people you would deeply, deeply care about and mm. love, would you want them to see that side of you? Because there's also, I don't know, it seems like there's also some, some pride in what you've achieved through boxing and, and getting to this level. And you're also going to be showcasing your skill and a huge amount of hard work. Mm. Um, so I guess, I don't know. But it's interesting that that's maybe not what you think that these people that you love are going to see. Well, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to see. And, you know, I suppose part of, part of the, part of the interesting conversation is like, we're not sure what's going to happen. But one of the, one of the first things I did when I decided I was going to do this on the 30th was invited all of my people. And I was like, I, well, I did it. I did it so quickly. I then realized I'd done it almost unthinkingly. And I was like, what was that about? And I think, you know, maybe part of it was having a, a kind of an accountability to do yeah, it. absolutely. However, I also think what resonated more was pride. Okay. As in, I, I kind of feel like even if things go badly, it's important for people that I know and love to be there because that helps like remove the element of pride as in like it could be really easy to be like oh well I'll post a video on social media if it goes well you know but I'm I'm not really doing it for that I'm doing it because it's uncomfortable and weird and exciting and I'm not sure and would you only be proud of it if you want it well yeah that's the thing maybe there's like a media pride and, and, and longer term pride so like I think that Longer term pride could come from learning some really useful stuff about myself yeah. and life. And taking yourself to the edge, I think that is a really brain thing to do. Mm. It's funny the words that we use when we talk about these kind of things, like brave and noble. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. Um, Painting you to be some sort of knight. Yeah, and that's it. And I, and I think, like, yeah, that's one of the, the tropes that I definitely was coming with when I was like yeah of course I'm gonna fight why wouldn't I fight like it's about you know it's a natural thing it's mm-hmm. da, 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 and like and I and think when I say that I definitely mean it about going to an edge mm-hmm. in your life rather than, than specific I say, any, any edge mm-hmm. pick an edge pick an edge well there's a lot there isn't there I'm not sure really um, I think one of the things you said earlier which was quite nice was about you know this being the edge that I'm left with because of the work that I've put in thus far and and that kind of that's kind of I think that that sits quite comfortably with me. And do you have one last question for you? Yeah. Before we finish this up. Yeah. Can I come? Yeah. Yes. Great. Sizzle.